I'm Nikisha, and this is Talking Horror with Jamie and Nikisha, where we share our love for spooky things, hearts all around, and talk horror through the lens of human behavior. Woohoo! Welcome, everyone. Also, happy Black History Month, everyone. In true Black people fashion, I was late to this podcast, so there's that. It's a fun time, um, but here we are. So excited to discuss this movie. Uh, this is such an important movie in the horror movie catalog, but specifically for Black people in horror. Today, we are talking about the 1968 independent horror film, Night of the Living Dead. Well, you used to really be scared here. Johnny. You're still afraid. Stop it now. I mean it. They're coming to get you, Barbara. Stop it. You're ignorant. They're coming for you, Barbara. Stop it. You're acting like a child. They're coming for you. Look, there comes one of them now. He'll hear you. Here he comes now. I'm getting out of here. Johnny. They're coming to get you. <laughs> so exciting. Uh, so I did not know that this was an independent film. So that was um, exciting uh, to find out. And this was directed, uh, photographed, and edited by a one George A. Romero. And it was written by uh, Romero and John Russo. Uh, Russo, excuse me. And it stars Dwayne Jones and Judith O'Day. And uh, heavy spoilers for everything that is Night of the Living Dead. You can watch this on Max, uh, formerly known as HBO Gabriel, but <laughs> now Max. And <laughs> I forgot. I can't, every time you say, like, you can watch this on Max, I'm like, oh, that is what it's called. It's what it's called. Well, yeah. But formerly known. It's like when everyone, I see everyone on social media saying, like, X, formerly known as Twitter, you know, like. Ugh, no, no. It's still yeah. Twitter. It's still Twitter. It's Twitter. Sorry. Right, right. Exactly. <laughs> so, Jamie, hit us with those uh, trigger warnings for this movie. Yes, this is a movie about dead people coming to life and eating corpses and people. I think okay. you mean ghouls. Ghouls. Oh, yes. They, yes. Them ghouls. Ghouls. they don't say the Z word. Um, but I'm going to say it's, it's, they're zombies. Um, mm -hmm. sorry to burst your bubble, people <laughs> of the internet with your strong opinions. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so there is, uh, you know, scary, disturbing people who are chasing people relentlessly, some of which are clothed, some not so clothed. Some not clothed. Um, there was mm -hmm. tush in this film. There was tush. There was. Yes. <laughs> I was taking a note, and then I think Brian was like, there's a tush! And 
<laughs> really captured my attention. Um, <laughs> yes. Uh, there is, um, you know, talk of and representation of cannibalism, um, mm-hmm. eating of, of insides uh, that have made their way to the outside um, and consuming <laughs> those bits. Uh, <clears throat> there is uh, Molotov cocktails, fire be throwing, um, guns. So much fire. Um, yeah, mm-hmm. lots of fire because the ghouls do not like fire. Um, mm-hmm. uh, child death, uh, lots of adult death. Um, again, guns uh, car and accidents. gun death. Car, yeah, yeah car well, fires. Explosion. Explosion. <laughs> really. <Yes. clears throat> um, and, uh, radio and then like announcements <laughs> and TV. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then like a very disturbing, like ending <laughs> mass. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, mass that's burning. That's of, probably of the most dead the biggest, bodies. Yeah. 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 So you're in for a great time, guys. <laughs> if so you want to watch cheery. a very cheery black and white, very 60s esque in filming movie, which I'm sure we will discuss that as well. If that is your vibe, take a gander. And see if your opinions match our opinions, you know. Uh, Let us know what you think about it. So before we get into everything else, Producer Brian, please give us some words. Sure. Hi, everybody. Hi, YouTube. If you're listening to us, you can find us on YouTube. If you're on YouTube, you can can just listen to us if you wanted to on podcasts. (laughs) But you can also find us wherever you get social media. So things like Twitter. And TikTok and Instagram at Talk Horror Pod. Um, we're reviewing other movies there, so you can check all of that out. Um, Talk Horror Pod. Yes, fantastical. Have you guys watched anything new um, uh, this week? No, not really. But we did catch up um, on uh, True Detective season four. Um, there's only mm. one episode left. It's only six episodes. Um, and it's, it's great. creepy. It's really creepy and great. Okay. Yeah. I have to get into it. It's, yeah. I, I find the, the, <laughs> the basic mystery plot of it is not predictable, but it's, there are some things that are like, yeah, of course this is what's happening and whatnot. But for my money, the characters are so interesting and engaging that I, you know, um, you know, all of that built up around, you know, this, the plot definitely works mm. for me. And I'm excited to see how they tie it all together uh, at the end of the series, the season series. Nice. Love that. Mm-hmm. Well, I feel like we need to talk about this because it's current events. Can we talk about Usher at the Super Bowl? Just yes! real quick. Yes. How did you feel? I had a great about it? time. He, a I, like, great it's time. wild. He really has so many bops. And I know that the Super Bowl yes. only they only sing like literally a line of a verse or like like barely half of a chorus. But like mm. Brian can attest, I knew all of the words to every single song that was played and mm. sung. True. True. Um, That's amazing. And uh yeah, he really has all the bops. I think that everyone was like super convinced that yeah was gonna be first, but Yes. I thought, and I thought that was so funny because I'm like, well, maybe, but also like 
that song's not just him. He's probably not going to start with other people on with stage. Guests, yeah. So like he's mm-hmm. going to sing something that's just him and then like the guests will come out and accompany him with things. And I like the way that they yeah. did it. I like Alicia Keys's piano. Uh, Fantastic. Looked like um, – uh, clearly I don't wear fancy shoes or heels, but what's the, what are <laughs> Louboutins? It looked like, yes. it looked like a Louboutin. It was like that same shape and like the bright red. Um, like red bottoms. Yeah. <clears throat> um, mm-hmm. I was so pleased when they sang my boo. Um, yes. so, so pleased, uh, was really, ex- everyone, <laughs> my whole Twitter feed was like, lost it when Ludacris came out, which yes. is like, yeah, you know, you only see him in the Fast and Furious franchise now. Um, so it's great to see him back on stage and uh, performing, Wearing yeah, like with an anime uh, character's outfit. <laughs> oh my gosh, that <clears throat> armor, yes, fantastic. Mm-hmm. But I mean, it's really kind of just nice. The one, one of a few things that's nice about getting older is that the Super Bowl halftime show is marketed to us now. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. Very true. In the, in the saddest of ways, but yes. Yeah. I but mean, also, you know, like you had, you had like Lady Gaga when she was in her prime though, like doing it. And yeah, I mean, you know. they just get big stars, but like recently with like yeah. Lady Gaga and who uh, Rihanna was last year. Um, oh, for sure, yeah. And then I love uh, well, maybe, uh, sorry, I meant Rihanna. Oh, the weekend. The weekend was a weird one. The weekend. Yes. The weekend stunk. I hated that one. But the rappers uh, a couple years ago was great. Like Snoop Dogg. Oh, like Eminem and, and Dr. Dre. <laughs> yeah. And, that yeah. Was super oh, yeah. Fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, like, yeah. I mean, it's it's always a good time, and and. Uh, Luckily, the Super Bowl got interesting in the end because the first half was boring, boring, <laughs> boring. <clears throat> yeah, that was boring. Yes. Well, I didn't know anything about what was happening, who was, I was going to say performing. Wow. Who was competing? <laughs> <clears throat> but it was in the middle of our show and it oh, just sure. so happened that um, the halftime show was right when intermission started Whoa. for us. <laughs> Wow. So what was, timing? I know, like what timing? It was fantastic. So we yeah. were all just like, like literally up you're, in, you have 15 minutes and it was like exactly 15 minutes. Yes, absolutely. Damn. We probably held for longer than we were supposed to because <laughs> we were just like huddled up in the uh, physical therapy uh, office <laughs> watching her TV. <laughs> and it was, it was a really good time, but it was oh, really nice great. to just see Lucky. That. Yeah. Yeah. It was good. It's good timing. Hmm. All right. Well, let's get into everything that is Night of the Living Dead because I'm so excited uh, to hear you guys' thoughts about it. Um, so we need a plot summary oh, of I this. Yeah. <laughs> What's the plot? I don't think it'll be hard. There's there's not no. much that happens. Yeah. You know. Yeah. It's a pretty straightforward um, film. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. Yeah. For apocalypse, you know? Yeah. It's fine. Yeah. Yeah. Let's do this. All right. <laughs> so, Producer Brian, there are two minutes on the clock for you. It is your job to tell us what happened in this film. Are you ready? I'm ready. All right. Ready, steady, go. 
So two siblings, Barbara and Johnny, go to a cemetery in Pennsylvania to visit their father's grave. And then somebody attacks them. They kill Johnny. And then Barbara runs away. Um, She finds a house. um, And in the house, she finds a guy named Ben. Um, Ben arrives. And then they basically find a gun. And they start to board up the house. And then they find that there are already people in the basement of this house. There's this like younger couple. There's this man, Harry, and his wife and their young daughter. Their young daughter is sick. She has already been bitten. And uh, all of them basically start arguing about what the best plan is. Ben wants to stay upstairs and kind of defend the house and, um, uh, and, and, and have escape hatches, like other doors and stuff if they want to leave. Um, and then Harry wants to stay downstairs in the basement, even though there's only one door in and out. Um, they find that the corpses are, you know, the, the ghouls, if you will, are all over the United (laughs) States. Um, and, uh, we find out that there, we think it's radiation from Venus. That's making all the dead people come back to life. Essentially. Um, then they start to, they decide to try and get gas for the car, but the car blows up, um, and killing the young couple. And then Ben goes back to the house and then the house basically gets overtaken by the ghouls. However, everyone kind of dies in different ways, but Ben survives. Um, and, uh, then there's a rescue recovery mission by the locals, um, the white locals, I should say. Ben is black, um, and uh, they uh, Ben's the only survivor, but they hear something in the house, so they shoot into the house, uh, killing Ben, and then burn his corpse with all the rest of the corpses. Um, the end. <clears throat> oh, I'll also yeah. have a couple seconds left. Um, I'll also add that... Um, uh, Barbara is taken by her, uh, her, her brother. She finds out her brother is dead when she's been crying the whole time. Like we have to go and find him. And that's the plot. Yes. Fantastic. Well, let's get into our first segment of likes and gripes. And now our likes and gripes. Now, this is you guys' first time watching this movie. This is my mm-hmm. second time watching this movie. Okay. I believe it was another pandemic watch, mostly mm-hmm. because, well, I'll get into it when I get into my life stories, but one of you guys go first and tell me about your experience well, uh, be- watching this. Before we get into it, Nikisha, I have some questions mm-hmm. for you because this is, yes. realistically, this is the first like horror movie with a black lead. It was a black male lead. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, you know, super famous, obviously like this under, you know, it, it's, it's, it's taking on a lot more than just having a black lead. It has a lot of cultural significance. And then obviously it's trying to say something, whether on purpose or not, um, it does yes. say something. So Nikisha, can you talk about like the impact that knowing and watching this one had on you? Um, also, like, do you remember the first horror movie that you saw that had like that had a black lead that kind of like allowed you to kind of see yourself in it? Yeah, absolutely. Well, first, I was introduced to this movie more to Night of the Living Dead um, because of the horror noir documentary mm. oh, that yeah. talks about. Yeah, black people in horror movies and, you know, that kind of trajectory. And it always starts off with this particular movie because this is the first, like, 
black lead in a horror movie. And so that was what really led me to actually like watch it and experience it for, you know, what it is. And I think it's was important to watch because in a sense, no one is asking anything about race in this. And like, Mm -hmm. I just enjoy movies that just let, let people exist how they are. And no one is questioning anything that has to do specifically with, with that, because a lot of, you know, movies are like black struggle and, you know, black trauma. And so Mm -hmm. it was just nice to be like, this is a man. He clearly knows or has an idea of, of trying to survive. And, you know, he's trying to help people and he seems like, um, he's has everyone's best interests at heart. So it's, it's, it's nice to see that. I will say when I was growing up and watching horror movies, um, two people popped up in my brain. The first is Jada Pinkett in um, Scream, Scream but I know that she doesn't survive. Sure. <laughs> Spoiler alert uh, for Scream 2. Um, but I always think of Brandy in I Know What You Did. I, I Still Know is What that? You Did last summer. I Still Know What mm-hmm. You Did. The second one, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because she kind of lasts, you know, th- throughout that. So I think that was kind of like my first experience of like, Oh yeah. Um, but it's nice now to have more movies where there are a variety of races that are in horror and at the forefront of horror. Um, because when I was watching these horror movies, all that I saw was like the sassy black best friend Mm, that is trying to help her, you know, white counterparts, like, and, you know, to her own, you know, um, dismay because then that black best friend is like, I died. And so that my white friend could live, (laughs) you know, Mm -hmm. and, uh, it's just an interesting, um, concept. So that's all that I saw. So it's really nice now to really have, um, of course we always talk about Jordan Peele and, you know, the, the things that he's done for horror, but just in general, just having, and even, and you know what, I will even say like having, um, the Wayans brothers make fun of, of scary movies in Mm -hmm. the scary movie, uh, chain, Mm-hmm. I think that that's also kind of important too, because they're calling out all of these things in a fun way, sure. but also like there are black people that are leads in, in that, you know, however way you want to see scary movie, but like it's putting more black people in horror related movies. So mm-hmm. it's really yeah. nice too. So yeah. Cool. Thanks for sharing. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Okay. So Jamie, would you like to go first of uh, your likes and gripes for this? Sure. Yeah. Fantastic. Um, I, I liked this movie. Um, I had no expectations. Um, and, but like know that it is, you know, the, this iconic piece of like history. Um, so I was like, give me what you got. Um, I thought that Barbara had a bang in hairstyle. That's my first note. Um, Absolutely. <laughs> it just like, I don't even know like how her hair somehow, were like gravity exists, but her hair stayed that way the whole time. And it was the like just time. shocking to me. Um <laughs> and impressive. Uh so through all the hits, the falling down, the hysteria. Yeah, yeah. The hair is still um, there. <laughs> uh so I didn't realize, so I have definitely heard the they're coming to get you, Barbara line before. Yeah. Because it's like an iconic line. I did not realize that that line happens in like the first five minutes of the movie as a joke 
not actually about like what the movie is about. And that kind of blew my mind because I'm like, wow, I had no context for like when this is said and why it's being said. And now that I know, I'm like, damn, like it, it totally like subverted what I thought it was like, I was like, oh, that's going to be a response to like actually what's happening. And it's not. Um, Mm. And it's like him joking around with her right before disaster strikes um, yeah. was really fascinating, um, and kind of like blew me away to just to start with. So I'm, I'm kind of glad that like, I haven't seen this movie. I didn't know how it ends. Uh, but I know that line. And, uh, and so I was like, oh, I'm like all kind of like screwed up watching this. Like I, okay. Like, let me, let me pay more attention because like, I really don't know how this is all going to evolve. Um, mm-hmm. but yeah, I just thought that was really interesting. Um, I, I really liked the score, especially in the beginning when like the, the first ghoul strikes, that scene's also like super disturbing. Um, just like, you know, between her brother being attacked and like getting knocked on the ground and then her just like relentlessly being chased and like trying to get away. And it's like, it's very Mm -hmm. stressful. And then everything is just really enhanced by the score, Um, and I think the score is like good throughout the film, but like the beginning really did stand out to me, um, like just kind of really being aligned with what's happening. Um, cause I even, I, I made a note that the, I just wrote sound effect when mother is killed. What the fuck? Right. (laughs) So insane. Yes. Yeah. Just like a lot. Yeah. A lot of really intense, uh, sound design in, in this. Um, very much, uh, I, I, so I really think that Barbara's representation of shock was like pretty accurate. Um, Mm. like it is clear that like she, she responded to what was happening in the moment of like her brother being attacked. That is her brother, right? Just confirming that Mm -hmm. was her brother. At first I was confused and I was like trying to kind of pick up on like what their relationship was. And then I just jumped to that conclusion. So I'm glad to hear that I'm right. Yeah. There were a lot Um, of like, I had to like those pieces where it was like, they, they they didn't seem like brother and sister up front. And then they like, it sounded like she was upset that they had to see like her dad or he was upset. They were going to see her dad, like, like in the, and then like, then the context clues came and I was like, okay, not that like I need to know, but like, I do. Like, I need to know what these characters' relationships are and whatnot. It was, like, very totally. wishy-washy. <clears throat> yeah, for sure. Yeah, 100%. Um, but, uh, yeah, so, like, between everything that happens uh, and, like, her kind of, like, body is in fight or flight. And so she's, like, running to to safety. She gets in the car. She, like, can't actually drive it. But it's she's able to, like, figure it out. And then as soon as she gets into the house – she's just kind of like done, like spent. Um, like mm-hmm. all of her energy has like now left her catatonic in 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 the wake of like what just happened so that when she does encounter Ben, like <clears throat> she's not able to react to him because she's still like, she's still in shock. She's still, like total crisis mode. Um, I thought that was super realistic. And then <clears throat> the way that she like recounts what just happened and she's like retelling it exactly the way that it happened. And like the things that she pulled out of the, like what happened, 
um, quotes that her brother said, stuff like that, also felt, like, very real. Um, just, like, again, her – the, the like, come down from adrenaline is just very intense. And, and I think that she does a really effective job in, like – she's kind of stuck paralyzed there for, like, a good chunk of this movie after that. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's believable – and, and like seeing that in <clears throat> in contrast to Ben being very action oriented, way more in like fight mode, um, and like mm-hmm. that that's where his adrenaline is like fueling. Like he's like, I'm surviving this. I would like you to survive this too. Like let's both kind of be on the same page and like make moves together. But is also like understandably frustrated when she's just not really able to. But I think he also then after she like recounts what happened to her is a little bit more empathetic and compassionate towards like what state she's in and kind of leaves her alone, which I also really appreciated. It's like, she's not going to be helpful to you in this moment. Like once, once he recognizes that he's not really like forcing her to, to do a whole lot until like, you know, when they come up with their plan. So I think all in all, like I felt like there's a lot of, there's still a lot of overacting that's happening in this movie. That being said, I think that like this idea of like an incredibly traumatic thing happens, our adrenaline kicks in, we get to safety, but like we can't keep that state going. It's very temporary and acute and short term that like once we are then in a space where like we are safe for now, that like the body then is like, fully taking over of like, yeah, we're shutting down. There's nothing else happening here right now. And like that feels very real. Um, I, I was pretty surprised at the plan failing miserably. Um, I, I like, I was like, okay, like they also spent so much time on it that Mm -hmm. I was like, okay, I think they can actually like, get to safety. They're spending a lot of time on like, oh, um, you know, these, like the, the people are kind of like making their way through the towns and trying to find, you know, like people who are are not yet affected, we can save them. And then like, everything's kind of coming together of like, we can come up with this plan. And then like fucking chaos strikes like immediately. (laughs) When that truck blows up, I was, I was just like, holy shit. Like I just wasn't expecting that to happen. And then like, the tone of like all the characters just drops so significantly. Like it's so devastating when like you really think that you have a solid plan and have everything worked out and then it just doesn't. Um, and, and like that was like, I, I like felt that it was just like, you have so much hope and then like hope dies just like that. Um, and I thought that that too, like they really didn't have any other, plan like that was it so it was it it like you really feel it I feel as the audience of just like how hard that hit um and then like and then the power goes out and it's like oh my god like everything it just like escalates so quickly after the plan goes downhill um but I also kind of liked that because like I think it just made everything feel a little bit more real. Like the threat is real. They only have so much time. This is really the only plan that could probably work for them. They have no idea how many more ghouls are going to come and like surround them. Um, So it just feels real that like there isn't really some other miraculous way to survive this. Like it's just, that's just what it is. And like, I, 
I appreciate, even though again, like I don't like films that end sadly and I'll mm. get to that, but I, I do appreciate like kind of taking a situation that's, you know, zombies we can assume aren't real. Um, you know, who knows what, uh, maybe I Good to I'll know. take that back in the future. Um, <laughs> but like, I feel like a lot of other zombie situations there is, or like films and media, there's still some element of hope because like, you know, I, I feel like it's always, the thesis is always like, this is what humanity is driven to in times of crisis, but like there's still hope in humanity. And I feel like this was kind of like, nar. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry about it. Just Sorry, kidding. Sorry, nar, nar. Um, it was, it yes. was just like, oh wow, what a, what a bummy. Um, but I think that the way that they executed it was like very effective and like, yes, it made me sad and upset, but I, I don't know. I, I just think that like the, the, the realism of their, of the direness of the situation and like not pulling a magic plan out of anyone's ass at that point. Like I was like, okay, like we've already established all of this stuff. It is what it is. So like, I, I shouldn't really expect something magical to happen here. Um, right. And I, I did like that. Um, that being said, um, man, gripe, gripiest gripe, Harry sucks. He sucks. Harry sucks. Harry is the he worst. sucks. Like, why yes. does he have such a hard on for this seller? Like, Even his wife and hates why him. do you? Yeah, everyone hates him. Everyone hates him. It's clear that everyone hates him. And, like, and I think that there's literally one comment. Like, we get this whole interaction of him sucking and being like, (laughs) well, we weren't going to come upstairs because we didn't know what all the commotion was. And my cellar's the best cellar. And everyone should listen to me and come into my cellar. And it's like, oh, my fucking God. Like, who cares if no one wants to go into the cellar with you? Like, if you love the cellar so much, why don't you fucking marry it? And the one comment that his wife makes is just like, you just have to be right, don't you? And I was like, wow. It's so wild that we get his, his, like, his character on his own without anybody needing to say anything. And that one line, just like, immediately I was like, wow, okay. I'm not, I'm less, I was totally annoyed by him, but like, her just acknowledging that, that that's really what the sticking point was. Cause I was like, why the fuck does he care so much about everyone being in the fucking cellar? I don't yeah. care. Like get mm-hmm. over yourself. But like, that it's not a- about the plan. It's about, yes. he has to be in charge and he has to be, this is my plan and you all have to listen to me and her mm-hmm. just clocking that in that moment. And like being so annoyed by him <laughs> was was that was a great moment even though i i detested yeah Yeah. on that note like one of my likes is the the harry didn't harry felt like a character that they you would write in the 80s or 90s from a movie that takes place in the 60s like harry feels Mm. like that character that you're like this is the the massive the this is the Biff character. This is the bully. This is the mm-hmm. um, this is the uh, the misogynist like stereotype of the sixties, um, and <laughs> and we would just like accept it. But the fact that this was written in the sixties and the wife right. says that line, the that's important for you to be right and everyone to be wrong. Just to me, it like 
it, it just said so much about like that that that's the moment even though it's like halfway through the movie maybe a quarter yeah. of the way through the movie that's mm. the moment where i trusted this movie where yeah. this movie mm. felt like it not the black lead character not like mm. just the concept but that intimate moment and the relationship between harry and his wife She's mm-hmm. still semi subservient to him because, like, that's still the time period. Right. But that line just like layered this movie so much more than I thought it was going to be, and it just showed how Romero really had a handle on this script with his writing partner. And I just like totally dug that. Yeah, yeah, agreed. I also like the line, the paraphrasing, but she was just talking about. I know uh, we don't live well together, but we're not going to die here together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I was like, thought that was great. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, man, Harry sucks. The line I wrote after is, I hope his daughter eats him. <laughs> there you go. Um, yeah, he would, I just like really couldn't handle him. Um, I also made the note, man, the seller's the hot spot after all that seller talk. It, and everybody ends up back in there. I put that in my notes too. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, R.I.P. Barbara. Um, uh, okay. So I, I, so a moment before the end of this movie happened, I was like, oh God, I know what the fuck is going to happen at the end of this stupid movie. And, mm-hmm. and just like got really upset again. But it did that. So then I was like, "Fine, I've accepted. I'm I'm in stage five of grief acceptance. I've accepted <laughs> that like he's he's not going to survive." What I was not expecting is um, I couldn't watch the credits. I was like, I was like, I I I straight up like covered my eyes and I was like, Brian, I need you to turn the credits off because I can't watch this anymore. Like that mm. disturbed me so much. Like viscerally, I was like, I can't, I can't handle this. Um, even though I like, I was like, oh, I'm going to be so pissed that this is, this is what's going to happen after all of this. Mm-hmm. And, but like, yeah, just the, the, I know you were talking in the beginning about like, you know, seeing black actors in films and like what the experience was. But I then mm. was just like brought back to that where I was like, why do we have to watch? Why does it have to be him? Like, why can't you just take all of the other bodies and just show us them treating them in this way? Why does it have to be his body? And I, mm-hmm. I like, I literally like couldn't watch it. Um, yeah. So I just wanted to be totally transparent that I couldn't watch the credits of this movie. Um, I wrote big old UG at the ending and then I was like, credits are a note for me. I like just can't watch that. Um, I think it's because it's something about like, how realistic the pictures yeah. seemed mm-hmm. like because it's from the time period and, you know, and, and I, I think also what gave me, it was very disturbing. And I put that in my notes uh, as well, just to piggyback off of, um, of that. I think it was um, disturbing that also the dialogue kept going as yeah. the credits were mm-hmm. rolling and then the pictures are coming up. And then when I see like the men with the hooks, I was like, yeah. okay. Yeah. <laughs> that, that, that was, I was like, I like shut this down. Yeah. I, yeah, I could, I don't, like, don't, I don't, don't know why that. I didn't just like get up and walk out of the room. I just was like, I just need this to be off right now. Um, yeah. But yeah, just like really. And then I was like thinking more about like, okay, like what are they trying to say now? Like we well, got through this entire movie and, and now I'm, I, I don't, 
I, I don't know. It just made me more confused then. Were you going to yeah. say something, Brian? Because this movie was not written for the lead character to be black. This movie was written and then Romero was criticized for hiring a black actor to play the lead. And Romero's only comment that I've read is like, he had the best audition. Like I wasn't going to not cast yeah. him. So what I find interesting about this movie and I, I, as we all know, if you listen to this podcast, as the two of you know, I love social commentary in, in a horror movie. That's when I really connect with it. Like the end of this movie was like devastating. I knew it was coming because it had, I, I had been spoiled. I knew what happened at the end of this movie. Um, mm. But there are a couple things that I did not re- realize were going to happen. One, I think it's really interesting that they shoot him through the window. It's not like he came out and gave himself up and they shot him. That to me, mm-hmm. that's the most interesting thing about this because then you as an audience member have to think through, like they just heard the sound in the house. They just assumed that someone had been taken over by a ghoul or whatever, a zombie. So like there's that. And then the way that the white men just treat the bodies in general with the, the black man's body kind of up front in those images. I that all being said, if the lead if Romero had hired a white actor to play the Ben character, obviously that would have the ending would have still been like, you know, uh, effective because you see people like burying like, you know, taking the hooks and moving the bodies and burning them with the, you know, the idea of like you're casually destroying these bodies, these people, the burning these people while you're kind of trying to move on is a very different effect than the black body there. So I understand why there's kind of a confusing message at the end where then like all of a sudden it's this like weird, like, like slavery, uh, like plantation kind of analogy when like the rest of the movie, I kind of doesn't follow that at all. And I think that's, and I think that's effective because of the imagery, but like, I don't think it totally makes, and I don't know the history of this movie outside of the very generic things that I mentioned, but like this arc that this character goes through, especially because none of the movie, even like Nikisha said, even like recognizes that that there's no line that's like, get out of here, you know, like, Mm -hmm. you know, that type Mm -hmm. of thing. It's all just like, it could have been played by anyone, which I think is super cool in its own right that any that he just decided to cast that. And by casting that character, it changed the end of that movie. But it's I'm, I know I'm repeating myself, but it just it just it doesn't it doesn't necessarily narratively or like um, <clears throat> allegory wise kind of make sense because it wasn't written to be one, but it just happened to be one based on who they cast in it. And, and, and that's not an excuse, nor that is not an offense of it. But like I felt very similarly to you, Jamie, in that like. This is effective, but like, did did this kind of make sense or not? Um, from like what they were trying to say, and I just attribute it to the fact that like, they were and they weren't at the same time. Yeah, just just to piggyback off of that because I think what you're saying is right, Brian. I think when you're doing a movie like this in that time period too, it's like you still have to. Be, it, it's great that it could be any role, but you still have to take into account that you then hired a black person. So yep. what does that Bingo. mean for the end? Mm-hmm. That means that certain things, it's going to come up as a right. black and white thing, totally. even though you didn't mean it to. So now mm-hmm. that part has to change so that you really are taking into consideration that 
this has nothing to do with, um, like you said, social commentary on the issue. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's twofold. It's like, yes, hire whoever is the best for the job. Great. It happens to be a black person, but then you need to take stock of how you wrote it and how you're filming it totally. and make sure that in that there's not any of those bits and pieces of, of the, the racial social commentary of it all. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's all. Yeah. But I agree with that, Brian. No, totally. I a hundred percent agree with you. Uh, and it's just like, you have, like, how can you not, how can you not be aware of that? You know, yeah. and, exactly. And there's all exactly. kinds of things that can go into why I assume people aren't aware, but, um, yes. but yeah, it was like the first, like, I was like, wait, what? That was, it was the first thing I thought of. So I'm just like, you know, great. I'm glad that you hired the best person for this role, but you can't go into this just completely lacking any kind of like social awareness yeah. and like it, it, that just that because, like, that feels it, really negligent to me it does it, because sure. also like they're not even people of color that are that are zombies that are ghouls you know what i'm saying like mm-hmm. there yeah, are no I was trying extras to, at first i didn't even see women like it took a while before women even showed up and i was like trying exactly. to look through and i was like are there women and i was like okay oh well of course she has to be naked there's the so butt. thank you yeah exactly <laughs> thank you film for confirming that there are uh, women zombies right <laughs> but it's like you literally like this person is the only black person in the entirety of the whole of the whole thing and so yeah. I, I don't know the history of this movie as well as i'm sure some people do and whatnot i wonder mm. if the the how they did the credits changed based on like who they cast. Like, I wonder if that was a choice that they also made, you know, I I don't know, but Mm. clearly like the script was not changed because like when I see musical revivals where they cast a main character as a different race in a time period where like they couldn't fall in love with the main character and, and not be ridiculed for it. It doesn't matter how wonderful the actor is. It doesn't matter how wonderful their voice is. Like, I'll listen to that album over and over again. But something feels off when I'm watching a historical drama, even if it's a musical, when they're not being treated uh, any differently than a white character. It just feels disingenuous (laughs) when it's a period piece. And like, and, and that just, it, even, even, I just, there's like, there's like that one, I just can't give myself fully over because the point of certain shows, especially if it's like a Rodgers and Hammerstein show, when they were so socially conscious, specifically, like if you're looking at like, um, you're looking at Oklahoma and you're looking at things like, uh, uh, South Pacific, like all of that stuff, like. I totally understand. Like you, you, it, it can't be left out. Like we should just, we shouldn't just be doing these revivals anymore. We should be writing new stuff for characters that like, yes. but like, that's a whole, yes. that's a whole different can of worms that we <laughs> sure. are like, but like, no, but that's agreed. kind of how for I sure. felt a little bit with this, where it was like, yeah. So th- that, if that, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Definitely does. Yeah. Jamie, do you have any more likes and gripes? Um, I, I think that was it. I, I really, okay. I, I, yeah, I, I did really like this movie. I, I see why, I mean, like, I can't imagine, it's so funny every time, like, we talk about something that's, like, iconic when it comes out. It's, like, I, I can't imagine, like, being in this time period and, like, seeing something like this for the first time. And it's just, like, like, people's mm-hmm. minds must have been blown or, like, 
they're, they must've like fallen out of their chairs or just been like, Oh Mm -hmm. my God. Like the, I just, it, you know, we're so used to like the extremes of things that we see now that like, I, I cannot fathom like the idea of them seeing, you know, body parts being consumed and like talking about cannibalism. Sure. Oh yes. And in 68, I mean, yeah, just such a, such a time. Wild. It's it's so it's so interesting to think about mm-hmm. that too, because mm-hmm. even now, I mean, some of I will say some of the like eating of the body parts was still pretty kind of disgusting. Yeah, yeah. You know? it really the they like spent good. a lot of time just like eating intestines, and I was just like, all right, we get it. They they <laughs> yum okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, please. And and for all the makeup and stuff, like obviously mm-hmm. some didn't look like zombies and some did, but like I like that there was a range, and I like that the first one we saw like didn't totally look like a zombie or a ghoul, and like yeah. the more you go through the movie, the more the the, the you know the rancid ones show up and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. That's such a great word, rancid. Rancid. <laughs> <laughs> Love that word. Uh, okay, Brian, would you like to go with your likes and gripes? <laughs> Yeah, sure. Uh, So this was my first time seeing Night of the Living Dead. And I had known that this was like the original zombie movie. But I truly did not know how much of a blueprint this is that has not changed. Like, Mm -hmm. Like this blueprint of this movie is zombie movies forever. It's not like Halloween or black Christmas where you get pieces of the slasher genre that's building up. Like this is a fully formed and realized zombie genre movie. It is well acted. It is well edited. It is deeply engaging. It shows the gore. It has, um, diverse protagonists you know you have robert the female you have ben the black male protagonist you have a group of people on one night in basically one location being taken out one by one as they find out what's happening you have people within that group differing on what the plan is and it's just truly incredible that in 1968 this was completely fully realized and like there's no way to go but up here. People change the formula and tweak it here. Fast zombies in a different location. Different reasons why this is all happening. Like, you yes. know, d- different types of characters. But realistically, like, this is the zombie genre and it's truly incredible. And I was blown away by just how fully realized this is. Yeah. Um, so that definitely, um, that definitely, like, excuse me um that was pretty pretty uh, amazing um uh, i also would say that this movie has one of my absolute favorite i really liked it by the way i don't know if i said that um (laughs) this has one of my favorite horror movie uh visual cliches a car driving on an empty road as the credits roll at the beginning i love that yeah i just think that like and it happens in so many like you know, it happens either in the credits or like at some point during the movie. I, I just think it's spectacular. Um, I really liked the beginning of this movie outside of like who, how are these two related? Um, I really liked the beginning of this movie. Um, I really like that their conversations happen as if they've already had the beginning of the conversation 
on the road. So a lesser movie would have been like, Barbara, like the radio's broken. I can't believe it. You know, like that type of thing. When the conversation in this movie is like him basically being like, oh, you know, I, I heard a little bit on the radio, but it's been like they had already talked about the radio being broken. And I appreciated mm-hmm. that. Like it was just a continuation of that conversation, even though we didn't see the beginning of that conversation, um, like like a normal conversation would go. Um <clears throat> Uh, I understand why this is an iconic opening sequence. It was great. It was really great. Um, yeah. Uh, it's honestly, it's done better than most of the ones that may are maybe are contemporary and based on it. Like it's great um, with the car driving and, and then, you know, her screaming and running and then hiding behind the gravestones and like her, the, the brother fighting with the zombie and like, just, just really great. Um, I was surprised to find out that this was going to be one continuous narrative where we keep meeting characters as we go along. Um, it mm. felt very like, um, uh, uh, like second purge movie, even though that's kind of cut together. Like <clears throat> I love the nights where like you people join your group and leave your group, but you're just looking at it through like one pathway. I appreciated that for sure. Um, I think that the melodramatic tone with the acting and the score, like Jamie had mentioned, is just perfectly matched all together. Um, I loved the radio reports. I thought one of my biggest pet peeves about zombie movies is the amount of time that we spend with like, it's not real. It is real. It's not real. Like I, we know it's real. Like let's get moving. I never felt it with this one. Everyone accepted that something crazy was happening. We were just learning with them what was happening with the radiation. The radio reports were great. Also at some point they said, quote, their slayers. Man, I just loved a lot of the vocabulary mm. that was in the media uh, at this time in this movie. Um, I did like, and we talked about it a little bit, that the undertone of racism is there, but not in the script. Um, mm-hmm. You know, exclusively, I I, I, I dug that um, for multiple reasons, which we all <laughs> all of which we've talked about. And Akisha brought up first, and kind of like it was nice to just like watch him be a confident black man who was trying to help everybody who was, you know, mm. no nonsense, all business. I just really appreciated that. Um, oh man. I love the part when Harold just lists everybody, like how are we going to get out of here? <laughs> and he just starts like listing everybody. And, that, and Ben mm-hmm. and Harold's fight was great. Um, I just thought that this movie was really real well done. Um, and like, you know, I, there was stuff in here that you see from like evil dead with like the, um, the the taxidermy and like 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 little pieces taken and then just creating something different but like this this still is the this is the formula i thought it was great um some gripes about this movie we talked about the ending not my gripe i thought it was so i thought it was interesting that they shot him through the window and i i just Mm. expect him to come outside and like give himself up and then just like shoot him anyway i think that shooting him through the window makes this movie even more complex because did they do it on purpose? Did they care? And then that, that credit sequence allows us to put our own like uh, social baggage onto the situation. And I, I, I appreciated that even though like we had, we just had that conversation. So I, I won't repeat For it. For sure. Um, um, my favorite moment in this, it's a gripe that I agree with, which is Barbara mm. talking about the um, uh, daylight savings. At the beginning, mm. yeah, I get it. Mm. Why are we what, like 1968? Why are we still switching the clocks? 
What are we doing, people? Why? <laughs> um, you tell them. Yeah. Um, oh, I, I in all caps, I wrote, just fucking talk to each other. Like, what are we doing here? Um, yes. Oh, man, when he hits Barbara and then Barbara passes out, like, that was just, like, a lot. Oh, my God, that was wild. Yeah. That and was then, a lot. That was a lot. Um, the uh, And you know what? And also, in a movie that is um, overtly tackling racism uh that would have been a other white characters probably would have seen that and then labeled him as aggressive or something like that when that mm-hmm. was not the case in this movie um mm-hmm. uh oh huge huge pet peeve about this movie uh when ben burns the chair and then like kicks it off of the porch that was too close to the porch you like, like you were gonna burn the the, the deck down and the house down before you even exactly. defended it. That was too close, yeah. Ben. You had to like, and you, in my opinion, you had to actually like put the kerosene on it, then kick it for much further away, and then, then throw light the it. thing. Then that was yeah. like the same when they were throwing the Molotov cocktails. I was like, yeah. you're getting real close, close to the, the truck yeah. that he you're was- trying to escape. With? Totally. Yes. Yeah, it might as well just like roll the lit Molotov cocktails down the roof, <laughs> like and get it stuck right. in the gutter and then burn them all to hell. But you know. Oh my god. But now we know for our zombie defense, we know what and what not to do every Put time on the we list. watch a film. Put yeah. it on the list. Just get someone who can yes. really throw distance. We want yeah. distance. Distance, totally. Oh, for sure. Absolutely. We'll make sure that uh <laughs> you know we get an NFL quarterback in our uh, pod for the zombie. Oh, for sure. Podcast. Absolutely. Um <laughs> it didn't bother me as much in this one, but like what are the ghoul rules? Um I needed to know. Ghoul rules. Ghoul, ghoul rules. Ghoul rules. But you know, this was an <laughs> I actually think they did a fine job because those those close-ups of like showing them like you know, with the bullets in their head and that's when they go down mm. versus getting like yes. I thought it was totally I got it. You know, and, and I would imagine that people in 1968 got it too. Um yeah. uh, <laughs> I wrote, shut the fuck up, you sell a jabroni. <laughs> like no one's <laughs> no one's in here about the basement anymore. <laughs> Oh my God! Shut up um, about the basement, you jabroni! Oh man, the very end with Harold and Karen, and the wife is just all over the place. I love that was that mm-hmm. was insane. Um, oh, I didn't love the sound effect with the child screaming in that moment. That was weird mm-hmm. and felt like completely mm-hmm. out of place sound wise with a really well edited sound movie. Um, yeah. And at first I was really the ending ending. I was taken out of it completely when it started doing these freeze frames, which feels very like late sixties, early seventies movies um, with mm. the, 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 the framing of it and freezing it and all of that. But it worked effectively for what they were potentially trying to do um, with their analogy, with their allegory here. Um, yeah. Yeah. Here are my quotes from this one. Uh, uh, I think you complain just to hear yourself talk. Great line. <laughs> yes. Uh, this is no Sunday school picnic. Great line. Uh, and then that's important for you to be right and everyone to be wrong. Uh, yeah, I really, really enjoyed this movie uh, a lot. <clears throat> you know what I looked yes. up, though? Oh. I, did you know that if you do not include The Last of Us, this is only our second zombie movie that we've covered in all of Talking Horror? Really? Yeah. Do you oh, know what the other oh no. one is? Zombie. 
movie <laughs> that we've zombie, zombie, covered. Zombie. Yeah. I don't know. We've only covered one other one. Uh, and it's not a major zombie movie. We've never, I was like, have we even covered, I, I had to look it up because I didn't even remember right. that we, that we even covered a zombie movie. But this one's not known per, per, per se as a zombie movie. It's known as uh, something else, I'll, I'll say. Oh, the musical one. Yeah, Anna and the Apocalypse. Uh, yes. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. Oh, that's that's so the lame. only other zombie movie we've covered. Isn't that wild? That's so oh, lame. Wow. Are we even a horror podcast? I don't Do we know. have to turn in our horror badges? No, I, well, we watch them. We like zombie <laughs> movies, and we we talk and Walking we talk Dead. about Walking Dead. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's true. Do but, you um, wait? Can I ask a random question? Do you have like? Do you feel like the zombie genre has become oversaturated? It's not an open-ended question, I realize. My therapy brain is broken, so I don't have any left. <laughs> um, possibly. I don't think so. Possibly. The good ones are great. The bad ones are bad and repetitive. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah there's like Fair. no real in-between. It's like either no incredible or terrible but like i don't know there was a while where i was really into zombie stuff and then like then i think i got over it maybe because it there was a lot more bad ones than good ones sure but Mm. i've i've kind of like lost my overwhelming desire to like catch every zombie movie yeah there are tentpole ones there are ones that are like Oh, I'm getting sick of this. Whoa, <laughs> this was good and different. Like, mm-hmm. to me, those are like 28 Days Later, Train to Busan, yeah. the first season of The Walking Dead, uh, or the first, mm-hmm. like, two. Um, I would put um, The Last of Us in there, like, as a take on the zo- zombie genre. Um, sure. Uh, but I'm like, I don't need, like, the Army of the Dead stuff, like, it's fun, but, like, it's not, like, it's it's fine. Um Mm. Uh, but like not army of the army of the dead, um, mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. But yeah, I, I think that like, I really think it's hit or miss and the great ones really rise above and the great ones do something unique and different. And maybe that's due to oversaturation. Maybe it's not, maybe that's just like make a good movie and I'll watch it. If you, if you use it, Oh, Shaun mm. of the dead's another one that is like a tentpole great one. Of late. You mean I Am Legend is not on your list of uh, Great Zombie? I'm sorry. <laughs> I like that movie. That I seems like the dog, though. Don't I, talk to me. Sure. I, I, I Am Legend is ruined <clears throat> with the CGI. Fair. Fair. That, like, yeah. fully, it's so bad, it fully takes me out. And I know you can argue, like, you like one ending better <laughs> or the other ending better. Um, but, mm. like... You know, we should we'll cover we should cover that when the new one comes out. Right? Yeah, I was gonna say there's a, there's a new so one, so yeah, new we, one. Should, we should. Yeah, cover there's it. a new one of that, and then they're doing the new. Um, so many things. Uh, Twenty eight years later. Oh, right. Yeah, that one. Oh, I'm, I'm, well, we should I'm cover the two twenty eight days later and twenty eight weeks later, just because we should oh, yeah. cover those. They're so All good. Right. Great, great. I think I've only watched half of Twenty Eight Days Later. I don't think ah, I fully watched all of it. Really? Oh, Although some man. people would argue that it's not a zombie movie, but they can just like, <laughs> like go back into their eat a fat fart because yeah. they're wrong. 
Oh, okay. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll talk about that. When we do it, we'll discuss if it's actually technically a zombie movie or not, like that type of thing. Um, yeah, but for sure. Is. I need um, you to know this. Great, great. Uh, Nikisha, your <laughs> likes and gripes? Yes. Uh, well, Brian, to your point about rules and zombies, I guess because I have been oversaturated with certain types of zombies, I was really coming back and watching this again i was like these zombies are fast and they're like they have some type of cerebral like stuff happening yeah, because they work for together. it to, for them to yeah yeah like i thought that too for them to pick up a brick and and throw it to yeah. get through the thing i was like that's smarter than the zombies that i yeah yeah totally mm-hmm. <laughs> so i was just kind of like oh okay but um a lot of the stuff you guys have already said, uh, I love the off-center shots. Like when um, Barbara is running and sees the house, but the house is kind of off to the right. And mm-hmm. what you're really seeing in the forefront are like the trees. And yeah. you kind of have to look for the house and be like, oh, that's what she's looking at. She's looking at the house. Mm-hmm. I just thought that was a really cool shot. Agreed. Um, I think I'm enjoying black and white movies more because of the extreme contrast of light and dark. Uh, with them is really interesting to me, especially with horror movies. Uh, I just thought that it was when she got into the house and it, it, there was just a lot of like light, dark contrast with it on top of being a black and white movie that was uh, just fed into the tone for me that I liked. Yeah. Um, also commented on the scores that um, the score is like super intense with like less dialogue. And then it has like the standard, oh, a loud noise is the jump scare yeah, type, sure. you know, mm-hmm thing um i but also in 60s fashion too i don't know if it was just like a missed shot but when ben is um hitting one of the zombies with like a a tire iron i think or something like Mm -hmm. some metal like whatever but he's like hitting it but you can see that he's clearly hitting the side of sure so that he's not hitting the person yeah 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 (laughs) And it's like, if you could just put the camera up just a little bit more so that you don't see the fact that he's not hitting this person. Yeah. Uh, I thought that was <laughs> very interesting. Um, love a man with a plan is what I put. Um, I, pff, oh, <laughs> walk with me for a second. A remake of this movie, but with Sterling K uh, and Bryce Dallas Howard. I'm into it. Interesting. I think it could work. So interesting. You know. Here's here's a fun fact about this movie. <clears throat> um, th- there was an error when they were titling the original film, so it entered into public domain upon its release. So that's why there have been like numerous adaptations and remakes of this movie. Yeah. Because like it was in the it was in the public domain by accident. And the Dang. official the official remake was in 1990, written by Romero and directed by Tom Savini. But this movie does, I think, has five direct sequels to this, all directed oh, wow. by Romero. I have. Oh, I also would say this is my first time ever seeing like a Night of the Living Dead movie. I've never seen any of Romero's movies Same. or any of that. That just yeah. wasn't my. Background. I didn't realize there were so many sequels. Yeah. Wait, but do you do you know who act, who played Ben in the remake? That George Romero made. Um, I do. Oh, I, I do know. 
I do know because I looked it up when I was. I'll let you say it, but I do know because I looked it up when I was. Hey, doing you can research. say it. I just looked it up now. Oh, uh, Mr. <laughs> Mr. Candyman, Tony Todd. No way. Yeah. Yeah. That I was Love like, that. holy cow. Like yes. two years before he played, uh, uh, Mr. Man. Man, Mr. Man. The man, Mr. Candy, Candy Man. man. Yes. Mm-hmm. How many more times can we say it? No, well, we've already no, we're done. Yes, no, no, no. Oh, okay, we can't say it anymore. No more. Tony Todd got it. Yes. Uh, my favorite quote is, "You can be the boss down there. I'm the boss up here." Absolutely, yeah. sir. Yes, excellent. Such a great quote. To love the point. Love it. It's mm-hmm. it's great. Also, he really when, responds to Harry like. In, in a great way. Like, he's, yeah. he's very much not like, this isn't like a dick measuring contest between the two of them. Where, like, Mm-mm. it feels like that's what Harry's trying to do. And he's yeah. just like, right. no. Like, uh, your plan is stupid. You're stupid. Yes. And we're not yes. doing it. Like, he's just like, just sh- I'm just shoving you down. You need to shut up, sir. Right. Like, I'm thinking about at the collective here. I don't yes. know what you're thinking about, but, like... Not We're trying to figure out a way out of here, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So good. But I also love, again, how we talked about everyone ends up back in the cellar anyway. (laughs) Yeah. At the end. So, oh, it's so crazy. Uh, I also felt in some places that people were just moving at such a slow pace, but like, I've never been in a zombie apocalypse, so I don't know like how I would maneuver. But I know I'm waiting for my turn. Um, (laughs) But when... (laughs) <laughs> the wife was trying to like fend off her daughter. I'm like, it's a little girl. And then like the girl comes up to Ben and Ben just like shoves her out of the way and <laughs> yeah. just keeps running. Yes. And then also we talked about the ending uh, and I, yeah, I thought that it was very disturbing how the credits were rolling with the pictures and the dialogue of like, yeah, let's put the bodies here and then we'll burn them over there. And blah, blah, yeah. you know, it's just it doesn't give you time to process what's happened, and I think that's probably why it's more disturbing. Yeah, because um, you're not sitting with it. Because usually, you know, your credits are rolling, and you're and you're sitting with what just happened. But like the credits are rolling, and things are still happening. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so it's just kind of like, wait, what? And it's and it's over. You know, it's it's just a lot happening yeah. at once. Um, but yeah, overall, I enjoy this movie. I understand why it's such a staple. Um. And I had a good time uh, watching it, watching it again. And I kind of want to get back into watching like some more black and white movies. So that might... I want to watch all the. Might um... I interest you in black and white? Uh, the Mist. True. <laughs> Let me find it. Um, <laughs> I do want to watch. Uh, I want to rewatch all the Universal monster movies. Mm, yeah. That's what I want to do. That's gonna be good. Um, yes. Yeah. So good. Fantastic. Well, should we move on to the next segment? Let's do it. Yes. All right. Let's get into our next segment. Mm, brains. Mm, In this case, yum. it's true. So many brains. Delicious. <laughs> yeah, very. So little time. We have a whole so segment named brains. after zombie movies. Zombies. And we've, it's only our <laughs> second one. Embarrassing. <laughs> I mean, love it, love it, love it. Yes. Uh, well, Jamie, you kind of already answered one of my questions in your likes and gripes, just talking about 
Barbara and if you believed in like her journey of her trauma and the hysterics and like the the freezing and then you know mm-hmm. yes so I won't bother you with that again <laughs> you uh, can always bother me <laughs> thank you I appreciate it <laughs> cancers for life uh so my next question is let's talk about Ben and Harry and my question to you is do you think that their plan would have worked better or their survival rate would have increased if they were to just pick one or the other's plan, regardless of if one was obviously better than the other. Mm. Um, Because it just seems like their demise was in the fact that they had this conflict and this confrontation and they weren't uh, able to kind of come together. And even when they did with the car situation, it was still kind of like Harry kind of plotting to be like, okay, when can I like get the gun and then just like get my people to safety. So Mm -hmm. how do you feel about that? Yeah, I, it's hard to know, like, there's a part of me that thinks that they did choose a plan and, Mm. and like they did commit to something, but it just didn't work. And so, like, mm. I think after – because the plan was to get gas in the truck and escape via the truck. And then yeah. that plan went to shit. And then they didn't really have any other plan at that point. And I think that they were just all feeling so demoralized that that mm. there wasn't really any – I mean, like, at that point then, like, factions are splitting and and they're no longer, like – able to be on the same page. Um, But even before that, like, I don't know if it's their inability to compromise on a plan, but there's the moment where Ben's trying to get back inside when the plan has failed, but uh, Harry has locked the door and, like, isn't letting him in, and he's able to get into the house. And then, Mm -hmm. like, he's looking at Harry like, help me. And then he does reluctantly help him, but then mm-hmm. that creates like the tension once they once they're safe again, then Ben is like the fuck, essentially. So like right. there is that right. moment. Um but yeah, like I don't know. I also like what what would the plan have like reasonably looked like if if Harry was not willing to compromise. Like then really there's only one plan and that plan was do what Harry wanted. And Ben had already Mm. established that like it wasn't a good plan. Like that's not a plan. Um, Yeah. So I don't think that, I think that like, I think Ben's position was like, I'm trying to think about the most likely scenario for me to survive. Harry's position was I need to be in charge and right. And Mm. I... I think outside of like the one plan that they did successfully come up with that didn't end up actually working, that there wasn't really any other way for them to like move forward after that, especially after that like moment of betrayal of like Ben being locked out of the house. Mm -hmm. Right. And it's like, and what was the point (laughs) of that? It's like, there wasn't a slew of them like coming towards him. Like he could have easily just let him in and then close the door, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I think he was just like, again, see, like he had, he already didn't like Ben because Mm -hmm. Ben was defiant openly, outwardly against him. And so like, 
I just, it, there wasn't even like a witness to him locking him out. I think at that point he just was like, I don't like him. Like he was yeah. just being a, a piss baby. Mm-hmm, piss baby. Well, to that. Sorry, what'd you say, Brian? <laughs> Uh, no, I just said, yes, of course, a piss baby. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> well, to that point of being a piss baby, mm-hmm. you've already kind of elaborated on this as well. But if you have any more words to add to this, my question was, um, do you think that Harry is just a stubborn human being that just didn't want to listen to people and was only thinking about himself surviving? Or do you feel like his tactics with trying to stay in the cellar was genuinely to help his wife and kid? <laughs> I don't really think he cared about his wife. I don't know if I believe that he cared about his kid, but Mm. I think he, I think he used his wife as just like a pawn in him trying to like prove his point. Um, But I don't think that he actually gave a shit about, at least definitely not about her. Maybe, maybe about his daughter, but like, again, so yeah. he can be put in the the bad husband, bad boyfriend oh, yeah. pile. Oh, yes. Yeah. We'll for add, sure. We're adding Harry to the list. <laughs> yeah. He Fantastic. Stinks. He's a what? Piss baby. He's a piss baby. <laughs> you heard it here yes. first, folks. <laughs> Fantastic. Well, yeah, that's all the questions I had. Um, because, you know, Jamie being Jamie, she already is clocked in on all things mental health in the movies. So she's already explained uh, so much. <laughs> so should we rotten to mutton this? Yeah, let's rotten do it. Rotten to mutton. All right. What do you think this has on Rotten Tomatoes? Uh, Jamie, let's go with you. Um, 91. All right, Nikisha? I was going to say 76. It has a 95% on Rotten Tomatoes. Yay! Uh, and the audience score is an 87%. Mm-hmm. And Great. the critics' consensus is George A. Romero's debut set the template for the zombie film and features tight editing, realistic gore, and a sly political undercurrent. All right. Yeah. All right. Yeah. All, right. All, right. All right. All right. I believe that. Um, and what do you think this has on Letterboxd? As a reminder, it's one through five with decimal points. Uh, Nikisha, let's start with you this time. What do you think this has on Letterboxd? I'm going to say a solid 4.0. All right. And Jamie? I'm going to say a 3.8. All right. This has a solid 4.0. Wow. Yeah. Rounded up from a 3.97. Woohoo. Excellent. Um, Any favorite comments? Yeah, some good ones. Um, I can't believe my first thought when all the zombies entered the house was, oh, I miss being in crowded spaces with friends. <laughs> oh, my God. Dead. And yes. then someone wrote, old horror movies are so fucking cool, man. Nothing quite like them. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they fully commit 
which is what I enjoy too. Like mm-hmm. the shots of Barbara on the ground, like mm-hmm. trying to slide away. And then like she throws totally. her shoes and then gets up and starts running. Like it's so good. Yeah. Also, I forgot to mention too, and we were talking about like blueprints, but I didn't realize like the similarities between how some of the zombie rules uh, in this movie and in The Walking Dead in the sense of like, even if you just die for whatever cause, oh, you can I still thought, come back to life as a zombie. I thought oh, the same yeah. thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> so I thought that was a really cool, like, uh, kind of calling back uh, with The Walking Dead stuff too. Totally. Fantastic. All right. So let's do the four S's. The four S's. Yes. Yes. Skulls, scares, shakes, and suggestions. The talking horns, four S's. <laughs> uh, the four S's are skulls, scares, shakes, and suggestions. Skulls is how well this handles mental health and human behavior. Sc- uh, scares is how scary was this movie. And shakes is how much can you shake this off. We remember this for a long time. And then we'll do our suggestions. But Jimmy, let's start with you with skulls. Sure. Um, I gave this a six. Um, cause again, I think that like it, there's a lot of very realistic, like driven human behaviors and like, again, I haven't been in a zombie apocalypse, but like, I feel like <laughs> there's a lot of real, like as realistic as a crisis can get how people might respond and, and yeah, so that's a six. For scares, I gave this a two. Um, I and and understanding that that's like in the now times, like as sure. I was saying before, I imagine it probably would have hit differently. Um, but uh, I, I didn't find it like overly scary. But like the end, I think is deeply disturbing. For sure. Um, and shakes. And then for shakes, I I'm gonna change my score actively in real time. <laughs> I'm gonna whoa. I I think whoa. Um, I I think I'm gonna give this a seven just because of like the historical importance that it has and yeah. how many other things reference this. What this has created for like the zombie subgenre mm-hmm. as a whole. Um, like Nikisha was saying, like the same rules still apply to this day. And like, I mean, there's very few iconic movies that like have that same type of like staying power in, mm-hmm. in like that consistency. Um, so yeah, I feel like I'm, I moving forward, I will think of this film and like bring it back to whatever other zombie things I'm going to be watching. Nice. Sure. Um, Nikisha? Yeah, my scores are so similar. Uh, I also gave it a six for Skulls for the same reasons. I gave Scares a one, though, because, mm. yeah, it's, it's not scary for me. Um, and Shakes, I gave it a seven as well because, uh, it's, yeah, it's just such an important movie, and I think it definitely was well acted. I mean, uh, Dwayne, yes, was definitely such – an incredible actor mm-hmm. in this. So I'm, I'm really happy that he got the part for this. It was very grounded and it's very nice. Yeah. I, I had this actually the same as you all. I had a six for skulls. I died a two for scares and I had a seven for, for, for shakes. 
Um, so our we, brains are meshing together. I know, right? ah! Ah! Um, <laughs> like that Evil Dead uh, Rise monster. <laughs> oh, the yes. creature. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Um, my suggestion is just going to be Candyman. Nice. <laughs> I mean, okay. it's a good listen. Candyman all around. Mm-hmm. I have like three, but I, we've already talked yeah. about some of them. I mean, do it. Get out for obvious reasons. Black surviving. And also <laughs> Apple gives me a thumbs up on this as well. Mm-hmm. Um, you brought up the miss and I have that also just as like hey. fucked up endings. Sure. <laughs> so watch the mist. <clears throat> uh, Psycho for favorite black and white horror movie. And then if you just want to watch a doc, I already said horror noir for just mm. all things um, black and horror. Yeah. So. Cool. What about Jamie? you, Jamie? Uh, I just went with like, what is another more recent zombie movie that I really enjoy? And you mentioned it earlier, 28 Days Later. Because it's a zombie movie. And if you disagree, then I'm going to fight you. (laughs) I'm ready to have that discussion. We got (laughs) to definitely put that on. When does 28 Years come out? Uh, they're it's still in, they're not they're just like close. talking about it i think yeah yeah so we'll do them whenever we want okay. um fantastic great cool awesome hey. well that wraps up hey. our episode of night of the living dead you can follow us on all social medias instagram twitter tiktok at talk horror pod and brian where can they listen to us you can listen to us wherever you get your podcasts. Um, you can, of course, watch us first on YouTube. Hi, YouTube. Um, you can also find <laughs> us wherever you get your podcasts, such as um, Spotify, Apple Podcasts. Rate and review us there. Five stars, please. And thank, thank you. you. Yes. Brian, you want to leave us with a quote? Yeah. Uh, oh, I have this... one. I for, I, oh, yeah, I missed yeah. it. Um, it's when the daughter says, I hurt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's it. That's a great one. That's literally her one line. That's her I one line. I, I wrote, I hurt, quote, LMAO. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, my God. So good. So good. Thanks for listening, guys. Bye. 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 <laughs>